so this morning, um, I want to continue on the theme that we've been going on um, in regards to um, seeking the presence of God. Uh, over the month of February, we uh, as a church have had the theme of seeking God. Because you see, the presence of God is the thing that makes the difference in our lives. I know when I met Jesus all those years ago as a young man, it was the presence, the encounter of meeting with God that changed my life. And we are on a journey of continuing that transformation. And and the presence of God makes a difference. It will make the difference for us as a church. We can be another group of people meeting in this community, just like other groups who meet. But the thing that makes us different is when people encounter us or they come to a meeting here, that they encounter the presence of the Creator. And the world desperately needs God's presence. You know, again, I'll say, if you are a parent of children at school, your children desperately need to encounter the presence of God because there is an onslaught of other things going on that are wanting to take control and influence your children in directions that are not healthy. And uh, our plan over the coming year is that we will create spaces for your children to encounter the presence of God. And we encourage you to partner with us to bring your kids so that we can provide the means for them to encounter the presence of God. Amen? A little bit more enthusiasm again. It's been a rough week. I know it's been a hard week. Look at Karen. It's been a hard week. No, she looks, she looks all right. Who's had a hard week? There you go, see? Joe, what about you? Do you know my wife told me off the other day when we were talking to you, she says, you know, Keith, leave Joe alone, poor thing. I was encouraging Joe about something. I thought it was encouragement. Pekka said it was something else. So anyway, Joe, it's the presence of God. Father, I thank you for the word. Uh, I pray, God, that as we encounter your word this morning, we would be changed, we would be transformed, we would thirst for your presence. That, Lord, indeed, we would be people who get a fresh, fresh fire. Lord, that fire that consumes our weaknesses, consumes our uh, problems, and fills us with the hope of our future. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, I'm just going to re- go over a bit where we've been gone. So out of Matthew 6.33, we realize, you know, we've been looking at that, the fact that Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. When you seek God, you're seeking and you will encounter the presence of God. Um, Sunday gone, we talked about in James chapter 4 verse 8, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. See, here's the thing. We're talking about the gateways of how you can get into the presence of God. And sin is a barrier that presents a, a prevents us from getting into the presence of God. And that's why Jesus came. Jesus came, uh, and there is a thing called repentance and confession. Repentance is not something to be frightened about. Repentance is simply understanding that going your own way, doing your life your own way, is not the right way to go about it. Repentance is turning away from doing your own thing, turning away from following what the world says you should follow, uh, turning to Him. And confession is saying, God, I pray, forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for going my own way. And what that does is it creates the space, it shifts the rubble out of the way of sin. 
and guilt and shame. And it opens up the presence of God to you. We've looked at thankfulness. Psalm uh, 100 verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. You know, this is talking about gates, gateways. It says, you know, um, let me read it again. It says, enter his gates. God has provided gates for you to enter his presence, into his courts. Confession, repentance, thanksgiving. Simply thanking him that you can enter his presence is a way to start. Simply thanking him that you are breathing air today and not in a coffin on the way to the grave. On the way to being buried that he has given you breath. Thank you God I have breath. And beginning to realize all the wonderful things in your life and start thanking him. Thankfulness and praise go together. We looked at praise uh, earlier on on one of the Wednesday nights. Or was it on Sunday? I can't remember. But thanksgiving and praise go together. Thank you God for what you did. I praise you for your goodness. I praise you, you have given me, given me your word. I praise you, there is a promise about my future that you said it's going to be blessed, that you said that you will go with me. Praise is lifting him up and celebrating him. Confession, repentance, thanksgiving, praise help us enter in through the gates to his presence. Amen? Rightio. This morning I want to talk to you about the fact that God's presence transforms you. God's presence transforms you. How many people think that their husband or their wife need a bit more transforming? Well, come on, be honest. How many people think that their children need transforming? How many people think that I was going to say, Karen needs transforming. I mean, it just goes with it. We all know that, don't we? So God's presence transforms you. Now, I want to make a statement to you this morning that is a very profound statement because I said it. Not really, someone else has said it. You will become like who you spend your time with. You will become like those you spend most your time with. Interesting. I am a New Zealander or was a New Zealander. I don't know. I was maybe. And when I came to Australia to live, I had the good old strong Kiwi accent. And as I have lived amongst this breed of people called the Australians, your influence over me has caused me to become more like you. My language has been transforming from New Zealand to Australian man. Um, well, you know, I don't know. I go home and people say, man, you sound like an Australian. You see, who you hang out with, even in that kind of sense, well, you will become like them. And I'll read you a few quotes. Oh, actually, funny thing, I was... Uh, uh, Walking along, I uh, do a walk most mornings, and I'm walking along, and here's somebody. Yeah, I know, it's good. Uh, I was walking along, and I saw someone coming towards me with a dog. And I uh, swear, that person must spend a lot of time with their dog, because, man, did they look similar. <laughs> they had a very good-looking dog. <laughs> but you know what I mean? You ever seen that where you think, man, whoa, what? 
I don't know. <laughs> According to research by social psychologist Dr. David uh, McSelland of Harvard, the people you habitually associate with determine as much as 95% of your success or failure in life. So even psychology that I don't necessarily fully agree with, there is an acknowledgement even through science that who you spend time with will influence you and will help mould the person that you are. Motivational speaker Tim Rowan said famously that we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. This relates to the law of averages, which is the theory that uh, the result of any given situation will be the average of all the outcomes. What a mouthful. So, who do you hang out with, you will become like. And the people who hang out with you, you will help influence them as well, right? Ever noticed, if you spend time with negative people, man, I, I struggle with negative people. Uh, if you spend a lot of time with neg negative people, it is more than likely that negativity will actually begin to make you like them. Same thing, swing it around the other way. Am I right or wrong? Who you hang out with, you become like. Positive people, flick it around the other way. Me, I like to hang out with positive people because they feed the positivity within me. You know, I, I mean, part of the thing is, you know, we deal with people and everybody are in seasons of life and sometimes people are in struggle, sure. Um, but as a general sense, I like to hang out with people who feed me with a positive sense of life. That's why I hope you come to church and you are influenced by the positive message of the good news of Jesus Christ in your life. If you're not, go find another church. Amen. Uh, there's the law of social proximity. Um, it's actually, a, again, a psychological uh, term. Social proximity effect. Whom you spend time with is whom you become. So you get where I'm going with this? Proverbs chapter 22, verse 24 through to 25 says, Do not associate with a man given to anger or go with a hot-tempered man. Verse 25, or you will learn his ways and find a snare for yourself. See, the Bible understands and Proverbs understands that who you hang out with, you will become like. Hallelujah. That's why the presence of God is something you should seek after. The presence of God is hanging out with the creator of the universe. The presence of God is about you being in his presence. You see, when you are in his presence, you will become more like him. You will become more like what the kingdom of heaven is because of the law of who you spend most of your time with, you will become like. 
Hallelujah. The presence of God is not something that you should be frightened of, something that you should avoid rather, friend. The presence of God is the thing that will transform you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can see that couple up the back now. They're looking, whoa, what did we come here for? It's all right. It gets worse. When I became a Christian and I encountered God, I had a filthy mouth. You know, it's funny. um, uh, When I was building my house, I was hanging out with people from trades, you know. And they have very colourful language, you know, and it reminded me of, you know, my, my earlier years. And you see, when I met God, here's the crazy thing. He, I didn't even, I didn't even ask him, I didn't even, even say, God, help me stop swearing. It just left. Because when you encounter the presence of God, there is a transformation that will take place. There is something about you and it's like Becca said this morning that the, when, he, when he comes, when his fire comes, it burns out the rubbish. But here's the thing. We are on a journey of letting him burn out the rubbish because you've still got more of it. You still need the presence of God to transform and change you. I am still on a journey. Of him transforming me through his presence. If you don't know that, you need to know that. You see, when the presence of God comes, I've said it before, the atmosphere changes. You know, like when we're worshipping. This morning I was up in my office and I heard the girls leading worship. And you know, I'm up in my office and I could... The, the presence of God traveled up the stairs to my office and I was feeling and sensing his presence because the atmosphere in this building was changing. The physical aspect of this building, the atmosphere was changing because the presence was here. You see, the presence of God changes the atmosphere. And here's the thing. When you spend time with him, the atmosphere changes inside of you. Do you understand? The atmosphere changes inside. You see, if you are broken and mixed up and hurt and full of depression and anxiety, when the presence of God comes, the atmosphere inside you will change. I cracked 60 a little while ago. Made 60. And I've got to tell you, it was a psychological challenge because I had this dawning on me that I wasn't 50 anymore or in my 50s, but I was 60. And I hear all these signs about, you know, I drove past a retirement village sign that said, if you are of this age, you can come live here. And I'm kind of like, my God, I can go live there. I don't want to go live there, no offense. But there was a battle that went on within me. And the atmosphere in me was rather being positive about reaching that age, it became negative. And in fact, depression was trying to sneak in. Depression was trying to gain hold of the atmosphere within me. 
But I've got to tell you what changes the atmosphere and what has changed it for me is getting into his presence. The atmosphere changes. You with me? I had a sense this morning that there is someone or a number of people who are broken hearted. I don't know why you're broken hearted. He does. But what I do know is Jesus came for the brokenhearted. What I do know is that the presence of God, the atmosphere, if you let it come inside of you, will change your broken heart to a heart that is healed and full of hope. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Friends, we need to have the presence of God because the atmosphere changes. Acts chapter 4, verse 18. Can I have some amen to feed the preacher a bit? Is this going anywhere? Bowen, is this going anywhere? Because you need it. Do you know it? Amen. I'm trying to be good and not make a comment, Amy. I'm doing good. I'm just, I'm just going to look this way. But I'm excited, but you know, whatever. I won't say any more. I'm looking that way. I said to Jerusalem, we were sitting down there and I, I, you know, praise God, welcome, my friend. And I, I saw Amy and her friend, oh, no, look, I've gone down that road. And I turned to Jerusalem and I said, Jerusalem, tell me, behave. Behave. So I will behave. It's hard. It's hard. Okay, Acts chapter 4, verse 18 through to 20. Uh, Peter and John had healed a man at the gate. Beautiful. God was moving and the religious people were super upset. So they had gathered them together. So this is where we pick up the story in Acts chapter 4, verse 18 through to 20. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them and said this, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Think about this. Peter and John were on the edge of getting beaten up and possibly killed. Peter and John were being threatened to shut their gobs about Jesus. And these guys said, well, you answer me this. You answer me this because we're going to obey God and we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. See, here's the thing. When you encounter God's presence, when you, when you have been with Jesus, let's read a little bit earlier in another scripture, just so we understand this. In 13, it says, now when, uh, I've tipped it up the other way, uh, Trav, sorry. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived they were uneducated and untrained, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. See, When you have been with Jesus, it will change you. It will change you, and it will change you, and it will eliminate fear. 
When you have been in his presence, when you have been with the maker of the universe, my friends, even when the world tries to turn against you, even when people threaten your life, that you will not be able but to speak of what you have seen and heard. Because when you are with him, friend, what you see and what you hear transforms you. Does that make sense? When I met him, oh, shouting, when I met him, friend, I could not but speak of what I had seen and what I had heard. I've got to tell you, I've met on my journey and I've had moments and things that would have had wanted to shut my mouth. I have met and even been through things that it's like this pressure, it's like this darkness that wants to pull me away from the presence of God and shut my gob because my life was influenced people around me. Because my life could not but say what I'd seen and heard, but the enemy knew that. And the enemy was trying to shut me down, making me get caught up in fear or in whatever was the, the issue that was going on at that moment. But I have learned and continue to put into practice, and still sometimes it's by the skin of my teeth, is to get back into the presence of God. Hallelujah. Because it transforms me, it changes me. You know, um, think about the statement again. Um, who you spend the most time with, you will become like. Who you spend the most time with, you will become like. Do you know, if you spend all your time with your problems, with your weaknesses, with your sickness, with your difficulty, your problems will become who you are. Does that make sense? I meet people and life can deliver some really difficult blows and, and we will go through times when sickness can overwhelm us. But the danger is, friend, you will be, um, uh, what is the word I've written down here? You will be defined by your problem. You will define yourself by how big your problem is, how sick you are or whatever it is. And that's because you are spending more time with your problem than rather with the one who will be your answer. Does that, you know what I See, God's presence redefines you. You might have this or you might have that and this and this and this. But friend, don't let it define you. Don't let it stop you from getting into his presence because he will define you above that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was going to try and preach a little message. Because I want to give a space for everybody on the stream and for everybody here where we can encounter his presence this morning. Like I said, go back to that brokenhearted thing. I don't know who you are. I remember grief. I remember when I lost someone so close to me that the grief overwhelmed me. And I remember waking up in the morning the day before that my dad had died. And I woke up in the morning and I was overcome with grief and I was just crying and I remember crying out to God. And I got to tell you, the presence came down and he ministered to me and comforted my heart. 
I still had to negotiate the loss. But I've got to tell you, the presence changed. Instead of being overwhelmed, I was over to overcome because of the presence of God for someone this morning, brokenhearted. John chapter 7, verse 37 through to 38. This is to someone who might feel empty or empty Christians. You know when you are giving out and you've been on the road a while and you kind of give because God gives and then you give and then you can get to these points where you can feel like, man, I'm just empty. I'm out of gas. I'm out of gas. I I just, I don't know. Because it happens. John 7, 37 through to 38 says, On the last day of the great feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And it says this, He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. You see, the presence of God is like a river that flows from heaven. The presence of God is a river full of life and hope and peace and healing. And it flows from the throne of God down into you, but a river has to keep flowing. And a river then gives out to the world around it. But like I said, sometimes if you're not going back to the supply, if you're not going back to where the river actually comes from, you run out of the water. But the cool thing is, you go back to the source of the river. Some of you this morning who are listening to the stream have never actually had the river. And you are empty because you need a river of life flowing through to you. So this morning, I believe God has put on my heart, Jerusha and Pekka, can you come up? That if you are at home, that we're going to sing that song just once. And I believe that as you open yourself up to God, and those of you that are here this morning, as you open yourself up to that river, of life, that river that wants to flow into you and then out of you from heaven, that you will, you will encounter that river this morning. You know, that, that emptiness will be filled with the river of life. So at home, Pick is going to play and Ruth is going to play that. And for us here, you don't need to sing this morning. But what you do need is to just open up to the river. And then we're going to end the stream and then we're going to open up the opportunity for us to pray for the river to flow through you this morning. That's why you need to be here, friends. Okay, can I have an amen? Just close your eyes, open your spirit. Who cares about anybody else around you? Let that emptiness be filled this morning. Come and consume me My heart is ready God, if I burn, I'll burn for you 
no hesitation without reservation God if I burn I'll burn for you give me a fresh fresh fire give me a fresh fresh fire I won't put you desire I'm gonna burn for you give me a fresh fresh fire give me a fresh fresh fire I won't put you desire I'm gonna burn for you Each breath that I'm breathing Each moment I'm given God if I live I live for you I love your presence You're my obsession God if I live God, if I live, I live for you. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. I'm on a fresh, fresh fire. I want what you desire. I'm gonna burn for you. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. I want what you desire I'm gonna burn for you So light a match Set a blaze Uncontrolled Uncontrained I want that fire I want that fire So light a match Let it go Set a blaze
to be the people because we've been with you and been in your presence. That we are transformable, that you burn out the dross, that you burn out the stuff that needs to go. And God, that you would transform us into the people we are designed and destined to be. Lord, I pray for those who are on the stream, Lord, watching. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would flood their house, flood their home, flood their inner person. Change their atmosphere. I pray for my brothers and sisters here. God, we ask, we cry out, Lord, change the atmosphere in our lives. We welcome you, we ask. Help us, Jesus, be like you. Pray this, Lord. In the name of Jesus. That is above every single. Hallelujah. Can I have a hallelujah? Can I have a hallelujah? Praise to you, our God. Praise to you, our God. Praise to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. My friends, those of you who are on the street, our heart is with you. Let us know if we can help you. God bless you and your time. Thank you so much for tuning in.